Well, this morning, our service is going to be a little bit different in light of some of the things going on within some of the church communities here in Addis. Uh, with the AU coming this week and many things, we wanted to take a little bit extra time this week to pray. First thing we want to pray for is peace among those who are divided. We realize the enemy always loves to bring division. And one of the things he likes to bring division among is the people of God. So we want to pray that there will be peace among those who are feeling this division. Proverbs 16.7 says this, When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's what we're praying. For even those who may consider themselves to be enemies, we pray that God would bring peace. So we're going to, right where you are, we're going to spend a minute or two in silent prayer. Or if you want, if you're sitting next to a, a family member or a friend, you're welcome to lean in and pray with them. We're going to pray for a couple of minutes for peace among those who are divided. And then I will um, pray for us afterwards. So let's spend a moment or two in prayer. Lord, we recognize that since the beginning in a garden that you placed man and woman in a perfect environment there was rebellion and the fall occurred. And ever since the fall there has been division. There's been a lack of peace. We see this lack of peace between two brothers. The first two brothers that the Bible records, Cain and Abel, they didn't have peace. So Lord, we see this problem continues on throughout history, even to our day. So it should not surprise us when we see division among peoples. But Lord, you're the Prince of Peace. You're a God of peace. You're a God who brings peace between us and yourself through your son, Jesus. And we pray that you might bring peace to those here in this nation and even in other parts of the world that are divided with one another. May you allow us as a church to be a source of peace because we know the one who brings peace in Jesus. So Lord, we pray for peace. Peace in this nation. Peace among those who are divided. Peace among those in the world. Lord, and as we wait, we know there will not be ultimate peace until Jesus returns. So as we long for peace, may our longing be for your son Jesus to return. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. I'm so happy to see all of you guys here today. My name is Sammy. I am the youth director here. Um, and I'm going to lead you guys into um, another uh, prayer title. Uh, and we're going to take a little bit of time to pray for the church leaders. Uh, the passage uh, for that is Philippians 1, 9, and 10. <clears throat> and it reads, And it is my prayer 
that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so to be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Church, I'm going to invite you. Let's bow our heads and take a little bit of a minute to pray. this um, several weeks and even months have brought deep pain and suffering for many Christians across Ethiopia uh, and right now I pray uh, that you would help church leaders to consistently show uh, the gospel of love and forgiveness uh, to be slow to anger to have patience uh, let the church uh, not return evil uh, with evil insults with insult but to do good I pray that uh, to love those around us who are um, sometimes tough to love. And over time, I pray that this will transfer. Uh, some of the negative feelings will be transferred into love that desires what's best for others. Father, I pray that the church leaders uh, to, to be an example in your word, in conduct and love and in purity. Um, and I pray that you will continue to keep this cold fresh in their, in their heart renewing and refreshing their soul for the work ahead. We know that the burden is heavy, and I ask that you grant an extra measure of patience and grace and to continue to be with them and sustain them even when the work is hard. We pray that the leaders of the church will boldly promote unity and peace. We know that the enemy rejoices in division, bloodshed, and chaos. But right now we pray against any weapon formed against this country, this nation, and the church. Let your truth triumph over lie and the deception and the division of the enemy. You alone, God, can heal the division, the hurt, and the pain experienced in this church across Ethiopia. And we ask that you would help out the church leaders to stand on your word in which you said that you have not given us the spirit of fear, but power and of sound mind and keep um, keep them humble uh, with humility to seek your counsel daily and uh, in seeking wisdom and guidance I pray that will be without any doubt and as they give uh, spiritual guidance to other and for us father uh, for IECI I pray that we would stand in the truth of the gospel and that we will remain Im immovable in hard times and always abounding in your love and that we might remember to prayerfully and to pray faithfully for our leaders and pastors, honoring them as they uh, follow the call you have placed in their hearts. And we thank you that their service to the kingdom and for the many ways that I see and that we see Christ in them. I pray they will stay and remain encouraged, blessed, and I pray that you keep them and that you cover them. Um, right now, I pray as a church that we will continue to show our light that the city on the hill cannot be hidden. Let your kingdom come. I pray all of this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning, IC. You can have a seat. My name is Weston. I serve on staff here with the Young Adults Ministry. And praise God that we can approach the throne of grace.
with confidence because of Jesus' work on the cross. So let's come together again as we have a time of prayer and approach the throne with confidence. So I will be leading us as we pray for the churches in our area to be faithful and have spiritual wisdom. We're praying that the churches in our area, they would be faithful to God and loving him, faithful to the gospel message. They will not stray from it and faithful to his great commission and have a heart for lost souls. And we'll also be praying that they would have spiritual wisdom. So Colossians 1.9 says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So let's take a minute, a minute right where you're at, and let's pray for the churches around us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the day that you saved us. The day we were taken off the path leading us to hell and separation from you, God, but your son took our place on the cross. Lord, for the same, we pray for the churches that are around us, God. Your church. They might be different from us at IEC, Lord. But God, we pray that they would be faithful to the race that you have called them on, this Hebrews 12 race, that they would run faithful until the day of Christ, Father. Lord, we pray that if there is any sign or inclination to stray from the gospel truth that your son took our place, Father, we pray that you would correct it. Father, we pray that you would give them spiritual wisdom. You say in James that any who lacks wisdom to ask for it because you are a God who generously gives it, Lord. So we pray on behalf of our brothers and sisters, Lord, that they would be faithful, that you would give them wisdom, God, that comes from a fear of you, Lord. We pray that their view of you would become so great, that you'd be so big, because that's what you deserve. Oh, how great you are, Father. Lord, give them wisdom. Give them understanding. Strengthen them with the power of your spirit through any persecution, any suffering, any pressure from the inside or the outside, Father. You are faithful even when we are faithless, Lord. In your son's name we pray, amen. Now we'll have Pastor Mike come up to lead us through the next section of prayer. We'll continue to pray for our leaders, uh, leaders both in politics, in economics, and in humanitarian, and all sorts of leaders. Leadership is, is challenging. It has always been challenging. It continues to be challenging. So we are all commanded to pray for our leaders, and we want to lift them up before the Lord. And as we look at our continent, our leaders will be gathering next week to pray to make important decisions that may affect millions of people. And when we look around the globe, there are wars in Ukraine and in Russia. There are humanitarian crises in Turkey and in Syria. Many have perished, and there are those who make those decisions to lift them up, to help them up. So let's spend some time 
praying for our leaders. The verse uh, we have is, it comes from Psalm 78, verses 72. It reads, with upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hands. So let's spend a moment praying silently, and then I will close us. Father, you are the great shepherd. You've led us, you've cared for us, you've provided for our needs, Lord. You saved us, you loved us, and we are so grateful and we are so thankful, Lord. We're commanded to pray for our leaders, Lord, for you have placed them in positions of authority, Lord. We just want to lift them before you, Lord. We recognize that these are challenging seasons and times, Lord, and it requires leaders with shepherd hearts and with skillful hands, Lord. We pray, Lord, that they make decisions that affect millions of people, oh Lord. We pray that you would guide them, you would give them wisdom, and you would surround them with people who give them wise counsels, Lord. We know, Lord, that uh, they make those decisions, Lord. We pray, Lord, that the space would open up for the gospel to advance in this kingdom, in this continent, in these nations, Lord. We want to pray for our leaders, African leaders who are going to be gathering here in Addis, Lord. Uh, they come from all over the place, Lord. We want to bring them to you, Lord. For this continent faces so many challenges, Lord economic, political, Lord. There are wars, and, and, and we have a young generation, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would give them eyes to see and hearts to understand your purposes, Lord, and that they would align their decisions to your plan, Lord. I pray, Lord, that our leaders would seek not their own interests or advancements, or seek to keep their positions, but Lord, to be shepherds, to be servants, to place the interests of the nations above their own interests, Lord. I pray for those leaders who are also responding to the humanitarian needs around the world, especially those in Turkey and in Syria where many have perished because of the earthquake, Lord. We just want to lead those leaders and the nations and the people that are suffering. Lord, our hearts goes after them, Lord. We pray that you would comfort them, that you provide for their physical needs, Lord, as well as the spiritual needs, Lord. So, Lord, we commit our leaders into your hands. May you guide them with skillful heart. And may you give them a heart of a shepherd. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, good morning, church. Again, it is good to see everyone. One of the things that is certain about life 
is that we all encounter uncertainty. Times, seasons, events where we do not know what's going to happen, where we don't have certainty. And I think it's important that we remind ourselves of how God has led his people through seasons of uncertainty before. One of those seasons in the book of Joshua. Joshua is a book that transitions us from the leader Moses. Moses had been the great leader of Israel. He had led Israel for over 40 years. He led them out of slavery, out of bondage, out of captivity in Egypt, simply by trusting the good and perfect promise of God, that God would free them if they trusted the blood of the Lamb. Moses led the people to Sinai, where God gave them instructions for how he intends for us to live. And he gives Moses what we call the law. But God's people quickly rebelled. And for 40 years, they would roam throughout the wilderness. Well, today we're looking at the passage in Joshua. Moses, Moses has died. And now it's time for the next leader of Israel, a man named Joshua. The name Joshua is a Hebrew word that is the same equivalent of the New Testament name of Jesus. It means God saves. And this reminder, even in the name of this new leader, Joshua, reminds the people in a time of uncertainty, how will we be led? How will this new leader lead us? Can we trust him? Will God be faithful? In this season of uncertainty, God reminds his people that he, he's the one who saves. That it's no earthly leader who saves. That our hope and trust isn't in any earthly leader. Our hope and trust is in God Almighty. So today we're going to look at the, the first nine verses of the book of Joshua. I'm going to read those and uh, we'll stand as we read God's word. We're going to read Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. So hear the word of God. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore rise, go to this Jordan, you and all the people, into the land that I am giving them, to a people, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward uh, going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and courageous, being careful to do according to the law. 
that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success in whatever you go. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the word of God for the people of God, and all God's people said, praise be to God. You may be seated. God, your word declares that all men are like grass. And all our glories like the flowers of the field, the grass withers and the flowers fade. But it's your word, O oh Lord, it's your word that stands forever. May this be the word that is faithfully preached today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. In our passage today, I want to show us four things. Four things that God reminds his people of in a time of uncertainty. In a time where it would be very natural to have fear and concern of how are things going to work out. And regardless of if you're in a season of fear and uncertainty now, here's what's nearly guaranteed for all of us. We will encounter those seasons of uncertainty. We will encounter seasons of fear. And God is reminding his people about how to walk through those seasons. All these begin with a P, so hopefully they'll be easy for you to remember. First thing we see, after the death of Moses in verse 2, God tells Moses, tells Joshua, that the land that he will give him, and in verse 3 it says, just as I promised to Moses. First thing we see that in times of uncertainty that we hold to, that we cling to, are the promises of God. You see, way back under Abraham, God had promised land. Promised land, that they'd be a nation, that they'd be a people. And here we begin to see that promise of, I have given you a land fulfilled, that you will have a land God makes many promises throughout scriptures. It's one of the things that we cling to in times of uncertainty. There's all sorts of promises in scripture. God promises to strengthen you. God promises to give you rest. Some of you here today, you come in here weary. Our ultimate rest is not found primarily in more sleep or more time away, though those things can certainly be a component of how God gives us rest. Our ultimate rest is found in Jesus Christ himself. And sometimes the rest we need, the true rest we need, is to make space and room and a place where we can draw near to Jesus. So he promises to give us rest God promises to take care of your needs. He doesn't promise to take care of everything you want. He doesn't promise to fulfill every dream you have. But he does promise that he'll meet your basic needs. 
God promises to answer prayers. So when you go to God and say, God, I don't know what's going on. I need your help. Rest assured, God hears your prayer. Now, we know that God doesn't always answer the prayers the way we might desire. But we can rest assured He has heard our prayers. And He is wiser, greater than we are. He knows, even in our confusion, what is best. One of the promises God gives us in Romans 8.28 is that he is somehow, some way, working all things together for good. Now, this is a difficult one for me. When I see great pain and suffering and tragedy in this world, I go, God, how are you using pain and, and suffering and, and tragedy? How are you weaving those together for good? But I trust that he is. And I may not see how he works those things for good on this side of eternity. We may not see it till we reach heaven. God promises that he will be with you. He promises he'll protect you. He promises that he gives freedom from sin. So in times of uncertainty, in times of doubt and questioning, we cling to the promises of God. And that's what God reminds Joshua. Hey, this land... I promised it. So when we find ourselves in seasons of uncertainty, cling to his promise. Down in verse 5, God tells Joshua that no man will be able to stand before him all the days of his life. Here's what God promises. My power will be with you. The power of God. In times of uncertainty, we mustn't forget that God is all-powerful, that there's nothing he can't do, that God plus one equals a victory. All God needs is to say, I'm going to win, and he uses his people for his purposes. So remember God's power. When it seems like evil is winning, when it seems like things are out of control, remember that our God is all-powerful. Nothing surprises Him. He's over all things. And that's what God reminds Joshua of in verse 5. These armies, because Joshua was looking at the military armies in the promised land, the armies of the Canaanite people. And the Israelite people were not great warriors. They were never known for being great warriors. Their only hope when they went into battle was that God was with them and would lead them to victory. They were almost always outnumbered. They were almost always facing superior military strength. And in the land of Israel, or with the land, the promised land, the land of Canaan, these people had iron chariots. And if you were going to fight a group of people at this time with iron chariots, you were terrified. And God reminds him, my power's with you. I'm with you, Joshua. In that same verse, and in verse 6, God reminds Joshua of something else. He says, I, um, he'll give him the land that he swore to give to his fathers. He says, just as I was with Moses, this is verse 5, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. 
The third thing we remember in times of uncertainty is the presence of God. God doesn't promise to fix all your problems. He doesn't promise to heal every sick person. He doesn't promise to wipe away every disease on this side of eternity. He doesn't promise that your life will be easy and comfortable. What he promises is that no matter where you are and what you're in, he will be with you. His presence will never leave you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Even if you're here today and you're going, wait a minute, I've fallen into sin. Surely God has left me. No, God is a God of another chance and another chance and another chance. He does not leave you. He does not forsake you. Our God is a great God of grace. And there's some of you that need to be reminded of that. Because you feel like, hey, I've messed up one too many times and God's grace surely can't cover me. No, He's with you in the midst of the uncertainty, in the midst of the trials, in the midst of the difficulty. And He promises Joshua in verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you shall inherit the land. I love that word. Joshua's got to go fight to conquer the land. But God says it's an inheritance. An inheritance we just receive. And God is telling Joshua, if you trust me, if you walk in obedience, you will receive the land. You'll inherit it. So remember, God's presence is with us. The final thing we remember in uncertainty from these verses, in verse 7, he says this three times. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do all the law of Moses my servant commanded you. Verse 8. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do all that is written in it. Then the Lord says he'll make our ways prosperous and successful. Fourth thing we're to remember is there's a pattern God has. A pattern in times of uncertainty that we follow. We trust the Word of God. Whenever we're not sure what to do, whenever it seems like things are out of control, whenever we have fear and anxiety, we run to God's Word. This is how God has chosen to speak to us. The number one way God speaks to us is through His Word. And God tells Joshua, do not let this book of law depart from your mouth. They would literally speak the word of God. And they would say it over and over again. That's how they memorized it. They would just speak the word of God with their children and in their homes. And then he says this word, meditate on it day and night. If you were to read the Psalms, the very first Psalm is the key to how you approach the rest of the Psalms. There's 150 Psalms. The first Psalm speaks of meditating on God's Word, the exact same Hebrew word. And that Hebrew word for meditate, it has a, a word image associated with it. In the original language, it brings up an image of a cow. Now, we've, we've probably all seen cows. When you see cows, what are they typically doing? 
They're chewing. They find something and they're like chewing on, we call it chewing on grass or chewing on the cud. They're just chewing. They find grass, they take a bite and they chew. But here's the thing about a cow, and I'm no scientist, so I just learned this from the internet and others. But a cow apparently has four stomachs. And when a cow chews on grass, he'll, he'll chew it for a long time. He'll swallow the grass down. It's a little disgusting. Then he'll take the grass and spit it back up and chew on it some more. And then he'll swallow it down back into one of his stomachs. And then he'll spit it up and, and chew on it some more. He keeps coming back to that same grass that he's eating. That's our image for meditating on God's Word. You take God's Word. You chew on it. You think about it. You, you memorize it. You put it in your heart and your mind. And you go over it and over it and over it again. And then you swallow it down. But then you bring it back up. And you chew on it some more and you process it and you meditate on it and you bring God's word up again and again and again. And I can't tell you how many times in my life that I've been times of uncertainty or questioning or doubt that God brings his word back up and I'm able to chew on it right in that crucial moment of need. Now we remember that's a pattern that God uses. His word we keep coming back to, reminding ourselves over and over and over again. In verse 9, he says, For the third time, I've commanded you to be strong and courageous. Now, I love this. This is God, and He's commanding His people. Act in a way that you don't feel. All those soldiers, those Israelites, they don't have much training. They're going to face a superior army. They're about to march into the promised land. And they are filled with fear, uncertainty questions and God commands them he says you be strong you be courageous that's his command to them we may not feel that but in those times of uncertainty we can be strong we can be courageous not because you're so strong and courageous but because you know the one who has all strength you know the one who gives all courage because you know that he is with you. You can be strong and courageous. God commands them, do not be frightened or dismayed. Why? Verse 9 ends with these words. God tells them, for I am with you wherever you go. Now here's what I know for certain. Many here today are in a season of uncertainty and fear, frightened, wondering what's next. And I think God commands us, be strong, be courageous. Why? Because I am with you. 
And that's good and glorious news. I want us to enter into one more time of prayer. And we're going to pray for two things. First, we're going to pray that in the midst of uncertainty, that those who've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, that Christians, and that those who know the Lord, that we would not be overcome by fear. Just as Joshua said, God said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. So let's pray in this season where there's uncertainty both here in Ethiopia and in other places. Let's pray that the church, the people of the church might be strong and courageous. Let's take a minute or two to pray where we are. Lord, we confess that we are weak. We confess that we are prone to fear when your word says, fear not. Lord, we confess that we are quick to forget the glorious promises you have made to your people. Lord, we confess that at times we forget your power, that you are all-powerful. Lord, there's times that we forget that your presence is with us no matter where we go, no matter what we do, that you are with your people. Even when we don't understand, your presence is with us. And Lord, there's times that we forget to follow your pattern, a pattern of trusting what you've said in your word. Lord, we confess that we'll turn to other sources for comfort and for ease instead of trusting in your good and perfect word. May we be a people that meditate on your word, that we chew on it, that we process it and bring it back up. And Lord, we pray that fear, fear would not overcome. We pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. Final thing we're going to pray for today. We're going to pray for all those who are living in Ethiopia, and it's fine to pray beyond that, that they would know the Lord and trust Him. We know we can trust the Lord, that He's good and gracious, and that so much of what we see in this world comes from a lack of trust in Him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight let's pray Lord, we pray for all those living in this beautiful nation of Ethiopia. 
We pray for those that are here today visiting Ethiopia. We pray for their nations as well. But Lord, we want to take a moment to, in particular, pray for those living here. That they would trust you. That they would know that you are God. That they would know that you save and redeem through your son, Jesus. That they would put their hope in Jesus. Not in tradition. Not in ritual. Not in anything else, but in Jesus Christ, finish work on the cross. So Lord, we pray that people here would trust you. And Lord, we ask that as a church, you would use us to be both your, your hands and your feet and your voice of the good news of the gospel to those who do not know you. We pray this in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen.